Welcome to Growing Through Dance, the podcast for everyone with an interest in watching or taking part in dance, which explores how dance interacts with life. Thank you for joining me on part two of the interview with professional performer Hannah Ponting. We are going to hear about her life since graduating, how she deals with the performer's mental health issues and her love for teaching. Welcome back, Hannah. Resilience, I think, probably is something that would spring to mind for me that you seem to have. Auditions are quite tough. What did you do in terms of agents, auditions, any particular job? Yeah. How did it go down after that? (laughs) So when I graduated... In the final year at Erdang, you do kind of um, a musical, uh, a dance show and a showcase, what they call it. And agents are invited to each of those. So I was lucky enough to be approached by an agent for the last show that I did. So I had a meeting with him and we sort of sat down and talked about what jobs I'd like to do um, and things like that. And at the time I was like, anything, I will do sort of anything, (laughs) you know. Um, And especially just for the audition experience as well, Mm. because again, once you graduate, there's a whole other world of auditioning. You know, you're going into a room on your own. You are based with people who, of course, they want you to be amazing because they want to hire people for the job. However, you can't help but feel like they're sat there just judging you, really. You know, so that's really, really tough. And the kind of thing where you literally get one shot. And auditions are also quite far and few between as well. So it's not even like, you know, you go in for one on a Monday, be like, oh, it doesn't matter that that one went rubbish because I'll go in tomorrow. It's more like, oh, that one went rubbish. Okay, my next one's in a month's time or maybe two, three weeks' time. What can I, what went wrong? And you really have to be kind of, you have to be able to analyze yourself. You have to be able to say, okay, I, my, I was very nervous as I walked in. So what can I do just beforehand to calm my nerves? Was I running there late? Was I, uh, had I not practiced the night before? There's lots of different things that can help you be prepared. And I think that's the main thing is, is preparation for auditions it's also yeah so they're they are quite far and few between and again it's because the amount of people um casting directors will only see a certain amount of people from each agency and it is you you do have to be extremely resilient because you can go into an audition and think oh wow that was i'm really proud of myself how that went i thought that was really good and you might never hear from them again Mm. and if you ask for feedback they may say, yeah, you were great. You just weren't what we were looking for. Or they might say, oh, your song choice was rubbish. Or they might say, you need to work on your dancing. Or you just really don't get any feedback at all. That's the most common that's, thing. That's is, very difficult, isn't it, with no feedback? Absolutely. Yeah. The most common thing is no feedback, is no kind of acknowledgement of it at all. So I've definitely learned over the years, the best thing to do is go into an audition, give it your best shot. And then as soon as you're out of that room, just forget about it absolutely just forget it ever happened you know and concentrate on still living your life really auditions were were good actually in my first year out uh what feels like a really long time ago now I'm just trying to remember what ones I did did lots of sort of singing rounds for things like Les Mis um and Wicked which it, like just graduating was very daunting mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very, very scary. But again, good experiences. Just keep learning from them. Big dance auditions, uh, things for Annie, which had a tap round in it, which I love. I love a tap round in an audition. 
And I think as well, that was for me, from coming from CCDA, we did quite a lot of tap. And going to Erdang, not many people had done tap before or were at as kind of high a level grade, if you like, as I was. So that was kind of amazing for me, really, because in all other aspects, I wasn't necessarily... I was kind of very middle ground in jazz and ballet. I mean, there's sort of prima ballerinas there. So I was maybe a bit lower than, than, than lower than <laughs> for the ballet stuff. Um, but tap was kind of the one thing that because I had done it from the age of four, yes. I really did have kind of the understanding and the knowledge and, and in that rhythmical knowledge and things like that, which again helped with the singing and which then helped with the acting and, and it kind of all you know merges together so your, as your, core, really. your core genres had really helped then to get you just that little bit further along yeah 100 percent, definitely yeah like definitely and because as well having kind of I guess a niche skill can we call it that tap um, yes, it, then opens you, yeah, <laughs> it then opens you up to show. So I auditioned for, say, um, in the Annie auditions. We It was jazz first, then it was a singing round, and then it was a tap round. That's what three auditions down is quite, you know, kind of middle, middle of the way through. Having my tap experience really then pushed me to the next, you know, level mm. again, which is amazing. And then I got Panto, I think, maybe my second year from graduating. Um, I got Panto Milton Keynes, which is probably still to this day, actually my favorite job that I've ever done. Just because, again, that was kind of, that was really a dream come true. And it was, I think, little things like I had my own dressing room and I had a dresser. I didn't even know that was like a thing. Like, (laughs) honestly, when I got this job, I didn't know that having somebody help you put your costumes on and stuff was a real thing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just in the movies. And the Milton Keynes Theatre was really big. So that was, again, like scary, but amazing. And I think I, I've been very lucky with the jobs I've done because the casts have been amazing. Yeah. Obviously, you are with these people day in, day out, especially in a panto because you're doing two shows a day. You know, if you didn't get on with somebody, I think it would be a very different experience I had. But as a whole group, we really just bonded so well and it was just it was hilarious I don't think I've ever laughed so much before in my life ever and again that was I played Alice Fitzwarren so in the panto that was you know I had like a song on my own and a duet songs and things um but we also had dance in that too I just it was really funny I remember one day we were rehearsing for something and the choreographer went oh Hannah can you just do some pirouettes or something I think all the ensemble kind of looked at me like, oh, she's like the singer. She's not gonna. And I just whacked out these pirouettes and they're like, oh, right. Oh, you can dance, can you? And I just just thought it was just really funny, really, Mm. because I know that they could sing as well and act. So I just thought it was really funny that they had kind of, I guess, pigeonholed me into. Absolutely. The pretty girl singing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So. So I, I did think that was really funny, but that also goes for all the auditions that I've had as well. You know, you either do a big dance round first, but after that, you will definitely be asked to sing. And it kind of goes vice versa. If you are asked to sing first, yes, you might be going up for maybe a part, you know, a, a smaller part, not necessarily a leading part. The next round will always be done. It's kind of definitely in the musical theatre industry. I think dance and singing are extremely important. The acting obviously is too, 
but I feel like that comes in with the show more, not necessarily with mm. the, in the audition process really, which is kind of strange, but I guess it's because when you're singing and dancing, you are also acting because it's not all about just sort of saying lines. Obviously you have to tell the story through the dancing. I think the that's, that's the, the interesting thing, having taught with performing arts, one of the things that always used to cause me a little bit of annoyance was the <laughs> fact that people would say, but I haven't got any lines, so I'm not doing anything. And that's so, it's crazy. so true. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's maybe even more so. I, I love When I love watching theatre, when you see that the person in the ensemble or, you know, someone who's got a smaller part and they are at the back of the stage, but your eye is drawn to them because mm-hmm. they're the one that's that's listening and in the action and... Yeah, it's absolutely not about lines. It's about telling a story. And obviously in musical theatre, you tell the story. When words aren't enough anymore, that's when you sing and that's when you start dancing. You know, it's, it's kind of the next level of emotion. And I think that's what I love about it as well. I think, yeah, if, if words can't say it, then just crack out a song, and, a song or a dance, <laughs> for sure. Especially in Tesco's, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. As far as sort of uh, straight acting goes, have you done any productions sort of that have been um, more geared towards the acting? Yeah, absolutely. I have done um, a couple of horror films, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I sent in a few self-tapes for um, a small kind of indie um, production company that I knew did feature films they auditioned for a couple of their roles and they wanted to have me in them so again that was kind of hilarious because my actual casting probably is not really horror movie and I died in a couple of them very recently (laughs) but again that was a whole for me that was a massive learning experience because although at Erdang we did do a bit of acting for um for camera actually being on a set and Mm. you know having all the sound equipment and it was it was crazy and I loved every second of it. I think we shot this feature film in about a week and a half in uh, in Surrey in like a old house that we all stayed in and we would do night shoots till like 4am in the morning and then get up the next day to carry on and it was a really exciting experience actually. It was It was really good fun and that again that was just you know there was no singing no dancing in that one which was very sad for me. I absolutely loved it. I really did. And I, I, I think that that's possibly a path I would like to go down is the straight acting in mm-hmm. abbreviation. Because again, but it's just that whole thing of I love expressing emotion, really. And again, with, when dancing, when singing, it, I never do it as myself, if that makes sense. Even I'd be more nervous doing like a cabaret, I think, where you're not a character and you're not right okay do you know what I mean so Mm. yeah so I that's what I love about when you're dancing you're always you know a character in a story same with singing what I I guess it's escapism really and for the audience it is but it's also for the people on stage too Mm. is I just I just love that whole thing of can be kind of whoever you want to be really do you think your dancing has has helped you? I mean, obviously, from the point of view of um, your career path, it's helped. Do you think it has helped you in adult life? We certainly heard it had helped you in, in younger life, but in adult life. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And even in minor ways, like going to the gym as an adult and 
knowing how to hold your body in a safe way, knowing, you, knowing about posture and about the correct forms of doing ways and being aware of your body. There's been so many times where I've gone to a gym class and just thought, oh, why is the instructor not telling that person to, you know, breathe mm. in their tummy? And, you know, because you can just see it in other people where they're, you know, maybe they're arching their backs or hunching their shoulders or things like that. But yeah, so something as small as going to the gym, that's definitely helped me. Also now I teach dancing myself when I'm not performing. So that's, that's my income as well, you know, as performing. How, and how does it feel being on the other side as a teacher? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I love it. Because of the passion I know I have, I hope that I can give that to the children that I'm teaching and hope that, you know, that they want to go on to do it professionally. So I definitely would hope that I'd be, I hope I'm an inspirational teacher, I think is what I'm trying to say, you know, and, and giving my passion over to them. And, and, it, and definitely it goes down to the confidence thing as well. I think as a dancer, you know, you are in the, you, when you're on stage, you, you just have a confidence about you. I think that for job interviews helps for, you know, just meeting new people. Mm. E- even if you are a shy person, you have the, the performer in you that is able to think, okay, I'm quite nervous about this situation, but I'm going to pretend like I'm not, and I'm going to overcome those things. Yeah, and I de- yeah, I think that's definitely a way of that it's helped me in adult life. It is just to have a, a confidence and a confidence in 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 doing things and doing different things as well. Yeah, um, but also I think this like the discipline of dance. You, it's actually like not comparable to anything else. I think I think it makes you want to work hard, and there's a whole thing about not giving up. And I think that's definitely true in my adult life. That I, it's you know made me not want to give up and it's given me that drive and passion to kind of strive for the best things possible as well I think and that that definitely comes from the hard work that you have to put into dance to make it a career or to make it to be a teacher there's is a lot of hard work that's really nice and the other thing of course is I don't know if it has any relationship to the dance at all but I know you're now a married lady now so (laughs) Did you meet John Scott through the dance at all in any way? I mean, kind of, yes, because he, um, my flatmate at the time was doing uh, the Mary Poppins uh, film, as was my husband, John Scott. And I met that flatmate through being at Erdang. So it's kind of, you know, it is indirectly, (laughs) absolutely all kind of combined. Mm. So my husband's in the industry. So, so yes, actually, definitely being in the industry led us to meet each other for sure yeah which is really nice so lots of the things you've just said about um that you learned at Erdang about self-care about sort of mindset helped you all these kind of things um do you think your mental health has been helped by what you've learned through the years as a dancer or has it caused you any issues at all or um, so personally, again, I've been very lucky that definitely throughout Erdang, my mental health was, wasn't really anything I even really ever thought about. Since graduating, slightly different because of the constant getting no's in auditions, mm-hmm. you know, finding it hard, uh, trying to change agents and things like that. There is, there is a lot of rejection. You really do have to be able to pick yourself up to think take all the positives from the experiences that you're having and always about self-growth and things like that 
however, over the lockdown period, mm-hmm. dance has helped me crazy amounts. I've been dancing more during lockdown with online classes and things like that than I did in the last year, wow. to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because as well, like, like I said, I kind of do do more of the singing, acty side. Yes. Obviously, uh, definitely dancing too. Over lockdown, I've really taken the time to work on my flexibility, do classes online that I wouldn't necessarily go to in London. Because again, it's it's the thing, once you graduate, you have to pay for every class mm-hmm. you're taking, you know, and rent in London is extremely expensive. I'm in slightly a different position now because I live just outside of London, you know, with my husband. But the main sort of four years, three years, sorry, after graduating you do have to think of these things. You have to, you're paying crazy amounts of rent. You've gone from doing a million classes a week to maybe doing one yeah. or two yeah. or maybe one every other week, one a month. And I think that really does, it's hard because you then get into the routine of doing very little. So I've really taken the time of lockdown to dance again, mm-hmm. really, to really work on my flexibility. And that has helped my mental health like there's no tomorrow just being able to escape from the crazy world that we've been living in. And, you know, for an hour of the day, I was, I was in all these different shows, you yes. know, and, <laughs> and, you know, the, the endorphins that you release when yeah. you, because it is exercise as well, really, you know, it's, I've never been fitter than when I was dancing every day. So that's, yeah, that's it's difficulty, isn't it? <laughs> I know yeah. several performers have said this, that they find they have never been as fit in their lives when they first were there, or if they were yeah. in the show non-stop, of course, but even then, Absolutely. depending on what the part's like. So, Hannah, this has been amazing talking to you. Only other thing I wanted to just touch on, sort of business thoughts for the future, things you might do? I mean, it's really tricky. I definitely, as a performer in the musical industry, musical theatre industry, sorry, you are a business. And I think definitely in the, you know, the current kind of social media climate, you do kind of have to brand yourself. And I'm definitely not kind of the best. I'm not that up to date with social media and things. But if you have like an online presence, it really can sort of, it can help you really. And I just guess, just in the sense of maybe a casting director will be flicking through Instagram videos or something. And, and if your sort of mm-hmm. face keeps coming up or you, you know, doing bits and bobs, it's definitely a good way to promote yourself in yes. that way. Yes. I mean, I, I got a new agent maybe the week, two days before lockdown happened. Oh, maybe. So that was possibly the worst timing ever to get a new agent. But he's already got me seen for a couple of things, a couple oh, of adverts and things. So yeah, that's been... Good. That's been amazing, really, because there's currently just really nothing going on. Yeah, Things yeah. starting to pick up a tiny bit, but obviously theatres don't know when they can open. Any TV film sets are very limited on numbers that they can have. So, yeah, it's really tricky to know what the future holds. Mm. But I know for, for me, I'm going to just keep trying, <laughs> keep going to those auditions yeah, when they come up, you yeah. know. Any advice you would give to your younger self, perhaps, about dance or where to direct it in the end or where you are now? Anything that you would... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, it's just to keep working and it really is. Just keep going. It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not easy. It's so rewarding. It really is. And I feel so lucky to feel so passionate about something. Mm-hmm. Because many people don't know 
what they like doing or don't know what they want to be or you know career-wise whereas I've, I've always been certain that this is what I wanted to do so to anyone you know who's kind of maybe aspiring to do it is just if you love it then go for it work hard for it and just don't give up I think the thing is if you're not that bothered maybe it's not the right thing yeah. to do yeah to be honest mm-hmm. which is maybe sounds a bit harsh but is so challenging that you really have to be passionate about it. If you're not thinking of that passion that drives you to a career, what about the passion for the side that where perhaps you just want to dance? Would you, you know, perhaps somebody in their 40s who hasn't danced since a teenager, what would you be saying to them? I'd be saying absolutely go for it because it's, one, it's exercise. Two, it's fun. And who doesn't love fun exercise? Three, you get to learn about your body. You get to understand how to hold your muscles, how to, you know, become become strong, become flexible, to release those endorphins, to learn. It is a, it's a skill. So if you've never done it before, it's learning a whole new skill. Mm. And, you know, it helps your memory because you've got to learn the routines, you know, but if you've done it before, then it's still the same thing as it was then. So you're going to love it just as much now. Thank you, Hannah. You've been an absolute pleasure to talk with. And I think we've all learned so much. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Pleasure. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then please subscribe, download and share the podcast Growing Through Dance.